Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome, 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 my friends. That's right, another exciting edition of the KMOX at your service tonight here on a beautiful Thursday evening before it gets sloppy. You heard uh, Sean Malone earlier talking about, well, it's going to be going to be maybe nasty and and gross tomorrow. So we got to make sure that we make sure that our car is ready to go and everything is set and you're safe while you're out on the road. Hey, this is at your service. My name is Greg Damon. That's right. We're going to have some fun going all the way till 10 o'clock tonight. Got some great guests on here, but I want to talk a little sports with my good buddy. Well, you know him. I don't know if you love him. Our good buddy, Kevin Wheeler joins us. Kevin, what's going on? I don't know, Greg. You tell me what's going on, man. You're the expert. Well, not, I'm an expert in a lot of things, but not not when it comes to sports. You know that. Oh, I, I, yeah. First of all, don't don't sell yourself sell yourself short. Second of all, you're just the expert in general. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm a like, legend you know, within like, my own mind. Yeah, I look. Yeah, for sure too. But maybe in my mind as well. <laughs> Folks, Kevin and I've been friends for many 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 years here. <laughs> And so it's like we kind of 17 years now, yeah, Greg, 17 years, kind of, kind of, kind of ribbing each other a little bit here and there. Well, Kevin, I want to have you on. I want to really want to talk uh, a little Cardinal baseball. I know Matt pauly has been down in spring training and stuff like that, but you know, when I, when I want to talk baseball, I want to talk to you. You always seem to be the expert and have all the stuff. And I know you're up till like four in the morning watching every baseball game ever imagined <laughs> on every night in every country. So, uh, but uh, I want to I want to talk a little Cardinal baseball. Uh, first off, I, I mean I think, and again, I, you know I'm the armchair quarterback. I, I think we need to get another starter. What what's the deal with Jordan Montgomery? We need to get Jordan Montgomery back on the on the team. Yeah, Greg, it's not going to happen. Um, I don't disagree with you. I would love to have uh, another guy that's more of a sure thing. Um, I, I, and I think, by the way. It, that would take the team to the position, in my view, where they would be the favorite in the Central without question. Right now, they've got a chance. I mean, a lot of the, uh, the projection systems that are out there think the Cardinals are one of the better teams in the division. There will be baseball writers and baseball broadcasters around the country that pick them to win the division. So it's not like they aren't in a position where they could win the division. But a guy like that... Um, or Snell or trade of somebody similar would would make it a lot more likely because you know the, I don't I don't mind any of the moves they've made Greg and uh, I think you know Sonny Gray was a fantastic ad I mean that's the second best guy in the American League last year 
Doesn't mean he's going to be that. But I do think that Sonny Gray is a legitimate guy for the front end of a rotation. Um, and after that, the question becomes, what do you have in, in Michaelis, Lynn, Matt, and Gibson? Uh, I think what you have in Kyle Gibson is a known commodity. You know exactly what he's going to be. Something like he's been the last couple of years. He's very solid. He gets you a good number of innings. He's, probably, he's not going to win an ERA title or anything like that, but he's really good. He's solid, and there's not much question there. Um, Miles has been that, but last year was a bit bumpy for Miles. So right, he, he kind of be regressed a little bit last year from, from yeah. where he was, you know, considering that you know, he was the ace on the staff here several years ago. Yeah, yeah, and he needs to, and he's not going to be that, but he needs to be a solid number three starter on a, on a, on a contender. Like, if he pitches that well, that's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great sign. Um, Steven Matz has got to stay, in, stay healthy, man. He's got to stay off the injured list. That's been the, the, the problem with him throughout his career. He's got great stuff. He gets swings and misses, all that. But he's had a hard time with consistency and, and being healthy. And that's a, that's a question coming in. You know, we'll see. But if he's healthy and he makes 30 starts, he might be really good. But the problem is you have to use the word might, the words might be. Um, and then Lance Lynn, uh, who I love, man. I love Lance Lynn's presence. I love the way he is. He's got a great dry sense of humor. He's a no-nonsense guy when it's time for him to take the ball. But we have to be realistic and see that he's coming off the worst year of his career, man. He gave up like 44 home runs last year, struggled badly. Uh, and, and I'm not saying he can't bounce back, but you're counting on a bounce back. So – there's not as much room for error. The good thing for the Cardinals is your offense should be fantastic. They should be one of the eight to 10 best offenses in baseball, assuming reasonably good health. They're not going to be healthy hundred percent, but assuming it's not too uh, problematic, you know, injuries aren't too problematic. I like what they did with the bullpen. Um, I like adding Andrew Kittredge and Keenan Middleton to the back end of that to go with the guys they had. I like the fact that they've got depth now and some depth guys that throw hard and get swings and misses. But I'm worried about the rotation. Uh, the problem, right. Greg, is, you know, I know it seems like the, the market is slow right now for guys like Snell and Montgomery, but th- those, are, those are Boris guys. Boris guys always get paid. They're, they're, there's, <laughs> there's not going to be a one-year deal. It's not going to be a discount year. Boris knows he has deals for them, and he's trying to drag it out to get better ones. And you're talking about probably $25 million a year for Montgomery on a multi-year deal. Well, they're already over $200 million on the luxury tax number, and that's the one you got to pay attention to. Uh, the actual payroll, I think, is something like $180, um, and the, the luxury tax one is just over 200 like 205 something like that. I don't see them going that high. I'm not saying they shouldn't, by the way. Um, it's, not, you know, it's easy to say that when it's not my money. I think they should, but I don't think they will. No, I, I agree with you. You know, it's always a, it's a business uh, to be competitive, you know, one thing that kind of kind of kills all Cardinal fans is what you said. Hey, you know, we're good enough to win the division, but but for me, I want to compete outside the division. I want to compete with the other teams. I want to compete, you know, with the Dodgers. I want to compete with the Braves. I want to compete with those teams, not just win my division. And okay, we're we're good there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. And you know, what you have to think about is building a team that can beat those teams in a, in a seven-game series. Now, you might only get them in three games. You might only get them in a five-game. But you, if you can build your team so that you can beat them, because, you, look, you're not going to build a team that can, that can outdo them in the regular season on a very regular basis, maybe occasionally. But generally speaking, 
that's what those that those big those big payrolls guarantee is a strong regular season, a hundred wins, kind of. But we've seen every year, every year, those teams are getting beat in the postseason. Right. Right. I mean, it, all you have to be is the team. And now, look, Texas is one of those teams, right? Texas. But you got to get hot. You got to get that. hot at the right time. Well, you have to have the right pieces. You have to have swing and miss pitchers. You have to have top guys in the bull. Like you can have a good enough rotation in the regular season that is not good enough to win in the postseason, and that's my biggest worry. But I'll say, Greg, that one thing where they can change my mind is if they're a little more aggressive at the trade deadline in season. Because they never are. They're very risk-averse at that time of year. If you're in position this year and you're, you know, you're, you're in a spot where you can make the playoffs, you're going to have to go get one of those top-of-the-rotation guys because Sonny Gray and a bunch of guys that really fit as fourth or fifth starters is not going to win in the postseason. Nope, absolutely, absolutely. Kevin, i got to do some business. Hang with me a few minutes. You got it, buddy. All right, on the phone, we're visiting with our good friend Kevin Wheeler. Sports extraordinaire. I should say baseball expert extraordinaire. This is KMOX is at your service. My name is Greg. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Damon, hang out with us some more. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back, my friends. KMOX is at your service here on a Thursday night. 819 is your time in the heart of Mid-America. My name's Greg Damon. Ethan, the producer, kicking out the jams tonight. And on the phone, we're visiting with the man, the myth, the mystery, the legend in his own mind, Kevin Wheeler. You, you forgot a part. What's that? The fastest thing out there, baby. Oh, you're the fastest thing out there, baby. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin and I used to do a NASCAR show. Well, I used to host the NASCAR show. Kevin used to sit yes. in the seat next to me. and uh, I was the passenger with you and Kenny <laughs> Wallace, yes. I was in the back seat. You guys were up front. And we had a uh, one of the uh, one of the radios between the uh, crew chief and the drivers. He said, uh, "You're the fastest thing out there, baby." So the best. That is the best. That is the best. Well, Kevin, we're talking a little uh, Cardinal baseball. Uh, obviously, uh, as I said, you know, really want to compete with more teams outside the division. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get it together. Um, you know, as you said, we got a true number one, but where does everybody else fall in? Right. Uh, and right. Hopefully, Stephen Matz doesn't uh, get doesn't get injured. So, what about uh, what about Mason Wynn in second base this year? You think it? You think uh, is this going to be an experiment? Experiment? Is this going to be a long term solution? What do we What do we think? Yeah, I think middle. You know, the, the question we're going to have to find out or find the answer to in spring. Um, and I'm talking about the answer to the question for opening day, not long term, not for the whole year. But for opening day, is Mason Wynn going to hit well enough to play shortstop every day? 
right? If he, if, and he doesn't have to be a great hitter right away. He's got tremendous ability, man. He's got some, he's got some pop. Um, we're talking about a guy that at some point could be double digits in triples on top of, you know, a good number of doubles and, and you know, 15 home runs, you know, something in that. He's got good pop, tremendous speed, great army. Like, he's got everything. You just gotta, he's just got to figure out a way to do at the major league level what he was, he's been able to do at double and triple A. Um, if he shows in spring that he's close to that and he's going to be at least major league average, that's your everyday guy. That's your dynamic defensive player. And that gives you the ability to play Tommy Edmond in center field on a day-to-day basis. Now, if Wynn doesn't do that, well, then Tommy's got to shift to short. And now you've got an opening in center. That probably goes to Dylan Carlson, assuming he's at least decent in the spring. But it could be one of their better prospects, a guy that emerged last year, Victor Scott the second, who, uh, man, Greg, you want to talk about a flashback to Whitey Ball. I mean, we're talking about a guy that stole 90 to 100 bases in the minor leagues. He's an elite defensive center fielder. Again, the question like with Wynn is, is he ready to hit major league pitching? And that's something that we might get a glimpse of in the spring. I'm really, I'm really comfortable with, with second base. I mean, it'll be a combination of Brendan Donovan and, and Nolan Gorman with one of them DHing, one of them playing second. Uh, Donovan will probably move around a little bit to other spots too. But you've got a guy in Gorman who, who if he doesn't end up at all on the injured list, he'll easily be a 30-homer guy. He hit 27 last year, and he missed 40 games. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a legit power guy. And by the way, he's probably your number six hitter. How good is your lineup if you've got a guy hitting six that's probably going to hit 30 home runs? And I think, to me, the keys to the team on offense are going to be, well, one is, is Mason Wynn ready to at least be a, a serviceable hitter and a strong defender? And if he is, the other things fall into place. But you look at a lineup, Greg, that, Probably, you know, against right-handed pitching anyway, probably looks at Brendan Donovan at the top because he's a great on-base guy. You'll hit Goldschmidt second, probably someone like Newt Barr or Gorman hit third because you'll want to split the righties with a lefty there. Uh, then you hit Arnado fourth, probably Contreras fifth, and Contreras had a really good offensive year last year. Then after that, it's probably Gorman and Walker, and I think Walker's going to have a big improvement this year. I do too. So, like, yeah, I mean, so you're looking right there. That's seven guys who can all be massive offensive con- contributors. And that's not counting whether or not Wynn swings the bat, not counting how Tommy Edmond does or how some of the other guys, uh, like Carlson, for example, contribute when they get in the lineup. So I'm excited about that. But I do think, you know, the questions we have to answer are, uh, obviously, is Wynn ready to hit? Is Edmond physically ready for opening day because he's coming off a wrist procedure? Um, and then, you know, Donovan, too, you know, he's coming off Tommy John. It sounds like he'll be okay, but maybe he DHs more early in the year than play in the field. So do you think the uh, saga of Tyler O'Neill that's all behind us now? Well, I mean, he's in Boston now. <laughs> no, I, I, I know that, but, I mean, you know, that was a, that was a big sticking point all year long yeah. with uh, manager, player, other players. I mean, it's got to be distracting for the entire clubhouse. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think that really damaged them too much last year, but when you're having a down year, Everything gets magnified, right? If they right. were in first place, that, that would have been a non-thing, you know, or at least a minor thing. But, you know, when you're struggling as badly as the team was, everything is worse. <laughs> Everything's worse. Food tastes worse. Beer tastes worse. You know, <laughs> and, and look, I, I'm not even diminishing the issue. Uh, clearly, there was one. I mean, there's a reason why he's not here anymore, uh, partly because they're crowded in the outfield, but also because it wasn't working. And they made some changes for him. You know, remember last spring, Greg, they were – giving him a chance to win center, you know, center to the center field job. 
they've made concessions for him. But, man, when you get hurt every year uh, and you're not willing to change your routine at all uh, to try to prevent that, well, I mean, that's going to lead to some frustration. And then when you're out there and you're not um, giving the effort that the staff is expecting of you uh, to the point where the manager goes after you and pulls you out of a game and calls you out, well, then that's obviously something that needed to be taken care of. And now, uh, now he's in Boston. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, uh, just one more question before uh, before we get going here. What about uh, what about Paul Goldschmidt? Is he going to stick around? What What do you think is going to happen? Well, that's a really good question, man. I, um, here Here's the thing: if if I were running the team, unless it's going to be a team friendly deal, I'm not sure I want to jump on it right now. Um, now, if you get me to June and he looks like Paul Goldschmidt, like the guy from uh, you know 2022 then I'd be talking about a couple, see if we can't add a couple years and see if we could finish his career in St. Louis. But, you know, he's, he's in his mid-30s, what, 36. So if he struggles, do you really want to have that commitment on the books beyond this year? I think you play it out. And I don't mean all the way to the end of the year, but I think you let it play a little bit unless he comes to you and gives you something, gives you a deal or makes a deal, not necessarily super team-friendly, but one that makes it so that, that mitigates the risk, right? Because when a guy's 36, you don't know. The guy could be good to, for another two or three years, and he might, you know, he might fall off. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you, man, for uh, hanging out with us here on At Your Service and uh, talk a little sports with me. And you always bring the great insights, as, as much as I hate to say it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, do look, uh, I do look forward to talking to you, and I appreciate it. For folks that want to hear more of Kevin Wheeler, where can you go, Kevin? Well, I mean, you just got to listen to KMOX from 1 to 5. You get me with DGS, and obviously the 1 o'clock hour, it's all of us together with me and Ronj and Amy and Dave and Rach and Andrew. So uh, you, you get your fill of me for four hours every afternoon. Yeah, I never get invited down for that. Well, I mean, you never, you never made it clear that you liked any of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin. With that, You're my friend, best, I'm going to let you go. Thanks again for hanging out with us, Kevin. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. All right. That's our good friend Kevin Wheeler here from KMOX DGS Show, uh, baseball extraordinaire expert. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to shift gears a little bit and uh, bring on Lauren Fix, the car coach. We're going to talk a little cars. Stick around. More to come. This is KMOX is at your service. Welcome back, my friends. KMOX is at your service here on a Thursday evening. 8.32 is your time in the heart of mid-America. Well, as I said, we're going to shift gears a little bit. This is Greg Damon. We're going to shift gears a little bit and talk some cars. Remember, you heard Maria Kina earlier talking, or uh, Scott, uh, <laughs> Sean Malone talking about how it's going to be a little sloppy out tomorrow. That's right. Winter's still here a little bit. Make sure you're lights are working make sure you got good wipers on your car you never think about it till the uh nasty stuff hits so make sure that you're ready to go tomorrow let's bring in our next guest she's a good friend here to KMOX is at your service the KMOX auto show and also to greg damon uh boy she's been on uh, i don't know how many times probably over a gold jacket or something like that she's a car coach and she joins us here on KMOX is at your service our good friend lauren fix lauren how are you I'm great. I just got back from the Chicago Auto Show, and things are starting to come back alive as far as, like, Amelia Island and all what car shows there are and drive events. It's, it's good. It's all good. Yes, it seems to kind of uh, getting back to, I guess we should say, normalcy in the automotive world. 
Remotely, yes. There's a lot of weird things going on with, like, electric vehicle mandates potentially being reversed. A lot of things being uncovered. Uh, I'm posting tomorrow a story about the damage, the potholes on the roadway and how much of it is because of electric cars, the additional weight on local roads. Not on big roads. On highways, you're used to big trucks. But on the side roads in your neighborhood, these vehicles weigh more and they're causing more damage on the local roads. And that is millions of dollars in repairs. Right. Well, those tires don't flex as much on electric cars as they do on a normal passenger car. That is true. But it always brings out the haters, which is always amusing. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's, yes, absolutely. We, we deal with that on a daily basis, don't we? Yes, we do. But I will continue to tell the truth like you do. We're not going to give up. We're not going away. And they're just going to have to deal with it. So maybe learning something would be very helpful. That's for sure. Well, let's get into it a little bit. Uh, you actually reviewed the Tesla Cybertruck. I'll tell you, I think it's uber cool looking, but I mean, uh, it, it's not a, well, any electric car is not a good buy, but you know, there, right. there's some issues when you get up close to it. That is true. So the first thing I, I, and I did post a video, it's on my YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports. And when you go there, it starts off with me actually kicking the car. And at first I thought, I'm not going to hide, I'm going to hide this video at the end. But then I realized everybody's kicking the car. And the people that, the six people that were there from Tesla were mostly sales guys. They didn't say a thing. They were like, yeah, whatever, you can't hurt the car. So people were punching it and kicking it. And it, it was actually getting amusing. But after all the, most of the media left, I figured I, I got to shoot something. I can't just leave this be. So um, I started off by walking around the car. I was very fair. You know, I, it's easy to, to tear anything apart and be all negative. But I was very fair about it. Uh, I, wa- I kicked the car, of course, first just to see if it would dent, and it didn't, but it's stainless. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, it's funny. When you take uh, 304 stainless, which is – I worked in metals my whole life, but when you think 304 stainless, it doesn't rust. But if you ever taken your silverware and put it in the dishwasher and it's stainless steel and it comes out and it's got, like, a little bit of rust on the knife or on the fork, and like, huh, plus it's a stainless steel. It's because it's 1810 stainless, so it's not even of the same grade. So we're having a lot of complaints we're hearing on the Internet after I posted this, unfortunately, of people saying, I've got rust coming through on my car. So that means it's not 304. It's a strong stainless, but it's not 304. So what does that mean? That means that if you're driving this vehicle and there's an accident, a situation, using the autopilot, which really doesn't work, and you hit a pedestrian, someone, a cyclist, or another car, the damage is going to be potentially deadly to a person who's not in another vehicle. But the damage to the vehicle could be more than what it would be if it was a regular vehicle that has crumple zones. So that's what's interesting. They made, you know, the glass bulletproof and the vehicle's bulletproof. You know, that's all cool if you need that. Um, Hopefully we don't ever need that. But it's just interesting to look at the vehicle itself. And then the first thing I noticed is I'm standing in front of it starting the opening. I realized how sharp the edges are. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I cannot believe that the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the Department of Transportation, allow this vehicle to be on the road because sharp ends are dangerous. If you, get, if you bump into the corner of it and you're on a bicycle, maybe they hit the brakes or you don't see anything, somebody's at fault, and you could sever an arm. I mean, this is crazy. And, and to think about the fact that Dodge, I'm test your memory. Do you remember they had like a big Ram hood ornament and they I made do. him take it off? I was I was just gonna they said, uh, I was gonna bring yeah, up about ahead. the about the hood ornaments. You know, I'm old enough to remember when all cars had hood ornaments and they uh they had to 
remove hood ornaments because of people that were getting hit going up over top the hood and then would rip the, uh, right. you know, rip, rip your skin and everything else over the hood ornaments, even right. though they were flexible. So they made them take them off. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, would, it would impale somebody. So if you were having an accident or something, you would literally puncture somebody or some another vehicle. So they took it off. It is safer not to have it. Ram now has their logo on the front of their truck embedded into the logo of the front grill or on the hood, depending upon what trim level and so forth. So you, so I looked at that and I wow, sharp ends. This is really dangerous and a very strong flat front. It's very cool looking. But you get inside and it's kind of cheap. And then, of course, they go, it's got vegan leather. Let me just be honest with you. There's no such thing as vegan leather. It's either a cow or it's not. What is vegan leather? Fossil fuels, my friends. All you people that are all green, like, oh, no, we're not using fossil fuels. This one is all fine. That's totally fine. But be forewarned, vinyl is made of petroleum. Right. Plastics are made of petroleum. Right. And people are like, oh, but it's vegan. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in mind. You can either, the cow is going to give the leather up one way or the other, or, and it's more sustainable and it's greener, or you can go with vegan plastic leather, as we lovingly call it in our day, pleather. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I always laugh at that. I just laugh at these people. It doesn't so, make any sense. So, you know, watching your video on, on this, uh, on the Tesla Cybertruck, and, and I do agree with you. I was a little amazed when you got uh, into the cab that, I mean, it it just looks, it looks bland. It looks bland. It is very boring. Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, the center screen is the best part of it. But, I mean, again, that's technology that's been around for a long time. They just keep putting the same thing in every vehicle. And, you know, it was okay in the second second row. It was the same thing. Yes, it's got three child safety seats, uh, latches across the back. That was nice. Uh, you know, is that, a, is that a deal breaker one or a buy? No. No, it's just a nice little thing. Uh, the bed was also very strange. Limited uh, space. Towing capacity is 11,000 pounds. How far are you going to go with it at 11,000 pounds with that battery? About six blocks. Ten miles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you think we're kidding you, Look at the lightning truck because they sold us a bag of goods. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can power your house with that. I've seen it in the commercial. All right, you can. You can do that with a Tesla Cybertruck as well. I I know, but how do you power the car back up after you powered your house up? Oh, that now you're getting into a whole other subject matter. Uh, Many of the electric vehicles that I've been reviewing, they have what they call V to H, which is vehicle to home. So you can like plug in, like you're plugging the wall, right? The car is getting charged overnight. You're sleeping. All is good. And then, oh my goodness, the power went out. It can then charge certain things, not the whole house. You could do like the refrigerator, an oxygen machine. Maybe you need a CPAP machine or, or, or just a few lights in the house so you can get around. All that's great. However, there's now a vehicle, the grid, and it's already going to be built into the new electric cars. So if the power is out. And you're using it just for your few things. But the grid has a stronger demand. Whether your power's on or not, it'll draw it from your car back to the grid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not this girl. (laughs) And they think it's the greener way to go because if your car's fully charged, you know, you don't need the extra power. We're going to use your charger at your expense to recharge the grid. And no, you don't get paid back for that. Oh, that's a no nice, one talks about that, that stuff. That's a nice little bonus you get. Yeah, 
But hey, you know, we don't want to tell people about those things. That is not the smart thing to do, right? right. So this, there's a lot of interesting issues when it comes to these electric vehicles. I think that people don't realize um, the cost of an electric vehicle is higher for the insurance. Matter of fact, they were just talking about repairs on one of the news channels that an average repair for an electric car versus a gasoline-powered car is $2,000 more. They're saying it's about $6,400 versus about $4,200. Well, you that, have, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you have to have specialized equipment to do it. You have to have specialized training to do it. Uh, and mm-hmm. Lord knows you certainly don't want one of these electric cars spontaneously combusting in your shop. Uh, so, you yeah, know, you, and you, that has happened. Yeah, you, you have to you have to be really uh, you have to be really cognizant of what you're doing around those things. There's certain things you can't touch on the vehicle. Um, you know, it it's tough for you repair need shops. Training, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And think, you can't you know, just say you and I are going to grab a wrench and work on a car like we've done our whole life. No, you com- have to have special different. training and special tools and special protections for the for the technician. You can kill yourself, literally. Right. Well, not only that, let's talk about some parts. You have to have special parts. You know, the tires on those, it's not like your run-of-the-mill tire that you can get today, which, by the way, has right. went up exponentially. But you have to have a special yes, tire. Yes, I noticed. You have to have low rolling resistance tires or a certain uh, a certain uh, vehicle. And run flat. Run flat. You have to have uh, a certain uh, uh, weight class of tire as well. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's that's all. that's all more money. More money. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think people realize that when you start looking at the total cost of these things, like, well, I guess electricity for granted to buy gas. No, electricity is up 40%. And all you have to do is look, even at what the government puts out every month, they say, here, you know, here's how things are costing more. You see that on TV. I don't care what channel you watch, this would cost this much more. But electricity is up 40%. That's across the country. Think what it is in California and New York State, where I live. It's a lot more expensive. And just to give you an idea, I got my electric bill last month. It was like $534. I'm like, it's never been this high. So, of course, I saved the bills. And I go back and look, and every single month it's substantially higher. It's unbelievable. They're, they're nickel and diming us to death. And then some states, and maybe not your state, but some states are charging extra for buy the miles. So you're paying extra to register it, usually $200, including the state of Texas. Then they're also charging you a buy-the-mile fee plus your registration. Right. Well, they're going to have to do something to, to recoup the uh, recoup the gasoline tax that's built in for highways and things like that. They, they have to do right. something for electric cars. So, you, you know, they're going to get it one way or another. Oh, absolutely. And that's the whole thing, that the government's always got their hand out. We know that. Nothing's changed. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting things. And one of the things I, I did a story on, it, if you're really interested, and I, I call it the EV scam, and usually you can say that all you want, but when you have some documented proof, and if, you, if you've got the time, I'll tell you where to look. The Federal Registry, this is where they put all the laws and all the mandates and everything that everyone uses as a guideline. In Volume 65 of the Federal Registry, on page, I love this, 36,987, that was just buried deep, there is a subject called tax credits. This is a legal credit. It says under the Energy Department rules, this is actually, I'm reading this from the registry. Under the Ener- Energy Department rule, car makers can arbitrarily multiply the efficiency of electric cars by 6.67%. So what does that mean? This means that like a 2002 Tesla Model Y, it, it, it tests equivalent to about 65 miles per gallon. That's about what a Toyota Prius is, a new Prius. But they get to put the multiplier in. So it looks like 430 miles to the gallon. So I'm not saying people necessarily go by that. They go by range. 
but also looking at that on the window sticker is deceiving to consumers. And right now there are attorneys lining up all over the place. I know this for a fact that are collecting names, the car you bought, and how much you paid, and they're going to try and get you some money back because now you can sue the federal government, which you couldn't do before. And they're also going to go after the car makers for giving people dishonest information. So if you got an electric car and you are really unhappy with the situation, send me an email to through my website, and I'm going to put you on the list because I'm helping somebody put together a list of people. And there's people from all over the country I've been telling because people are mad. They're like, I didn't know about this. I didn't know I couldn't find charging. No, absolutely. Hey, Lauren, i got to do some business. Hang with me a few more minutes, please. Okay, sure. Oh, all right, fantastic. On the phone with us, we are visiting with our good friend Lauren Fix. She is the car coach, and uh, we'll get her information towards the end of uh, end of the show or end of the first hour. But we got to do some business. This is KMOX is at your service. Welcome back, everyone. KMOX is at your service on the final lap here, rounding out hour number one. But don't worry, we're going all the way till ten o'clock tonight. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair, and we are talking with our good friend Lauren Fix. She is the car coach. She knows everything automotive. She's in the know, and we're going to give her uh, her socials out here in just a few minutes. Lauren, we got about uh, three minutes left. One of the things I wanted to ask you was that there was a new survey that came out, and it talks about vehicle dependability has really slumped. And what they're saying is, hey, these are all from pandemic-built vehicles. Well, I had one of those. <laughs> It came in. It was. Uh, I did have some issues with it. Um, that is a big problem. Yes, and, and and I think what happened was there were you had a UAW strike. You had you know people stopping and going and working and stopping, and then you get back to the job. You're like, I don't even know where I finished this vehicle, and it's supposed to be checked by quality control. And this is on a global basis. But I think what happened is a lot of stuff got through got through the the cracks, unfortunately. And this is what we're seeing is a lot of that going on. And then the cost of ownership has gone up as well. It's absolutely absurd. No, you're absolutely right. You know, as as working in an automotive shop uh, every day, I will say that in the newer vehicles, the quality control is really, really poor. And that's sad because, I mean, I've had some issues lately, and I've heard some others with issues. I, I think it's improved on the newest vehicles that are coming out. But I, I think it took a while to ramp back up. You know what I mean? Like everyone wasn't in that mindset because they were sitting at home. And, and you know what? And they were trying to get cars out as fast as they could with parts that were missing. I and mean, they were selling cars without heated seats. Then you came back in to get the chip put in. Or they were shipping cars to dealers that were partially built to say that they were shipped. It was a mess. And now they're just finally sorting it out. Unfortunately, we all pay the price in the process. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, it, it's really... Um... I, I I feel I feel bad for people that have bought cars probably in the last five years because of oh, the, absolutely. Uh, the way the stuff is and and you know stuff's not lasting. I mean I I can't tell you well we we've talked about it many times. Trying to get parts uh, the past couple of years has been very difficult to where parts weren't on back order. Parts were on a stop sale while they tried to source another vendor. And uh, we had right. you know we had people uh, waiting in our uh, <laughs> in our lot for six months for, you know, trying to get parts for their car that you couldn't get anywhere else. I know we were texting back and forth on that. I mean, it was kind of wild to think about cars. I mean, I have a an older diesel tr- uh, SUV, one of the ones that were part of that diesel gate, and I kept it, and I'm glad I did, and I love it. But I will tell you that I had a problem with a check engine light. So I took it to the dealer, and he's like, 
well, I got to write you a letter. You're way outside. We inspect our cars here annually. He's like, you're going to have to get a letter for inspection. He said, because I don't know what's going to come in. I go, well, like six weeks, nine weeks, nine, ten weeks. He goes, no, like months. Right. And he has no idea. Like, no, I still to this day. And that was only just a few weeks ago. He's like, it could be next year. He goes, I got cars that came in during COVID. There was an interior color that was mismatched. Like one door panel was one color, another one was another. It was a German car, which is unusual to get something like that. But he says, the guy's still been waiting. He's been like two years. I said, oh, my God, you can't even sell the car. He said, yeah, I know. Yeah. So that, this is what happens, unfortunately. Well, we got about really a minute left. everything up. Oh, yeah. exactly. We got about a minute left, Lauren. So uh, I'm going to tell you what. Let's uh, if you want to get a hold of Lauren Fitch, which I I I certainly recommend. She's got a great newsletter as well. Where can they find you? You can go to Car Coach Reports. Uh, you can reach me through contact if you have an electric vehicle. Uh, I'm not looking for complaints. I just need your name, your car, you know what you bought, and we'll put you on the list. And I'll have someone reach out to you afterwards. We're collecting lists of names of people who bought electric cars that had issues. You felt you got ripped off. You can't sell the car. I got friends with lightning trucks that can't even trade them back to the Ford dealer because they don't want them. Right. So exactly. if you're in that type of position, this is the kind of person we're looking to find. Uh, in the meantime, um, you can find me at Car Coach Reports. And also check out that AM radio link. We have till March 8th to put in your complaint to keep AM radio so you can listen to Greg Damon. All right. Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you. That's our good friend, Lauren Fix. That's going to wrap up the first hour. We'll catch you on the other side. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.